Good morning. Um, excited to be here with you guys this morning and excited to talk about um, what God has for us this morning. Um, I'll be honest, this series has been on my heart for maybe a couple months now and I've just kind of, it's not been the time and, and, and this week God was like, now it is, so let's go for it and, and here we go. So um, I tried to talk myself out of it for a couple couple days and then, you know, God wins if you're going to do anything right. He's got to. Um, so we did, and uh, we're going to talk about this this morning, but uh, this series that we're going to start into is uh, We the Church, and uh, we're going to talk about for the next couple weeks what, what a church looks like, what it is, and, uh, and, and what it should be. I know that for most of us, we probably come in contact with a church several times now in our life. We've maybe been to multiple churches, maybe we've been hurt in some of those churches or one of those churches or all those churches, probably all, if we're being honest. Um, And I just want you to know that's not the intent behind the church. That's not what God intended for the church to be. Um, the church is not meant to be a place where we come and we, and we hurt each other, we get hurt, and we're going to talk about that for the next few weeks. But before we get very far, we've got to come around a couple ideas. And, and the first one of those is the church is not a building or an organization that we come to. Amen? The church is not a building or an organization that we come to, but it's a group of people who are followers of Jesus that we gather with. Now, that may, sound, that may sound silly for some of you. Well, duh, Brad, I know that. I've been around church for a while, and uh, I just want you to, to know this morning, that's a very fundamental part of everything we're going to talk about, because if we can throw off the blame on a building, right, and we can throw off the blame on, on a set of four walls, we're, we're doing some injustice somewhere, and that's not a very healthy view of the church. See, the church is not a building or an organization that we come and we meet at. It's a group of people or a body of believers, followers of Jesus that we gather and meet with. You are part of the church this morning, if you know Jesus. Now, globally, what that means is we are all one church. That today we're meeting in, in, in a specific building. This is our little camp. It's our little tribe. It's our little group. But the church across the street over there, I think it's Green Acres, right? They are very much part of the church with us. We may not meet in the same place, but we are part of the same church, the same body of Christ. See, when you, when you hear that and you get that, what you know is churches should never compete. There is never a competition in the church. Why in the world does it matter to us if they have more people or less people? Why would you want them to fail? And see, the reality is when a church is doing well, the other churches should root that on. That is a beautiful thing as long as they are rooted in the gospel and they are really people who are following Jesus. Man, we should, we should champion that. There's no jealousy in the church. We're all part of one body and we're all going to go be in one place. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be like, here's the overflow section and, and here's the other people and here's some more people. And he's not going to geographically place us through heaven. Uh, we're going to be one body. That sounds silly, but haven't we forgot that? Amen. Haven't we forgot that? See, I grew up in the church. I've been around churches, and I'll just let you know, churches don't work together because they're worried somebody's going to steal somebody's people. Well, guess what? They're all Jesus' people. It doesn't matter what building they show up at. Amen. And part two of that is, yes, we're all one big global church, and we meet in camps, but I just want you to know, it's called we the church because the church is not you. You're a part of the church, but you are not the church. 
You are part of a body, a group of people. Church should never be defined by I, me, or my. It's a we and a us thing. See, the reality of it is church does not exist in isolation. You cannot go home and be the church. You can go home and be a member. You can go home and be a person that's part of the body, but you can't go be the body. And see, we've got that wrong somewhere along the line because somewhere we, we've de-emphasized the importance of being part of that body. In Hebrews, it says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. There's a, there's a reason that we come together. Amen? Yeah. And it's because you cannot be what God has called you to be, what he's placed you into in isolation. But what that also means is it's a we thing, right? So it's not about you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's about us. It's not about you. It's about we. It's not about you. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your emotions. It's not about your likes. It's not about your wants. It's not about what fits you the best. It's an us, we thing. And what that means is you ain't going to like everything. Amen? You can do that at your house. You can like everything at your house. You probably don't, but you can. But here, man, we are a group. We are a people. And it's about somebody, but that somebody ain't you. See, we're here not to be served, but we're here to serve Jesus. Church is a we thing, not a me thing. Now, I know that maybe that sounds silly, and you're like, okay, Brad, I know all that stuff. I I know all that stuff. And, And what I just want you to know is until we come to that, the healthy view of what a church is, we will never be a healthy church. Amen? The reason we see so many unhealthy churches, if you read the news title this morning, if somebody was to write a little story about the church, what they would say is the church in America is dead, or the church in America is on the decline, or the church in America is is going away. And, And maybe that's true, but maybe it's because we've made it about something that it was never meant to be about. We've made it about us, and it was never meant to be about me. It was meant to be about him. Amen. He's placed us in the body, one body, globally, where we have camps all over the place. Thank God there's not one mega church in Knoxville that everybody has to go to, because that'd be crazy. Amen? Yeah, think about it just for a minute. There's all kinds of churches in Knoxville. That'd be a lot of people. That'd be crazy. Parking would be a nightmare. You have to fly there um, from the parking lot. But this morning, what we need as a church is a healthy view of what church is. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. And this morning, we're going to do that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <coughs> now, I know if you've been around for very long, you've probably heard me preach this before, talk about this before. Um, well, you're going to hear it again at some point in time, I'm pretty sure. So just kind of hang out. Maybe one day we'll get this and it'll be awesome. But this morning, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is actually a letter written to the church at Corinth. It's not a book in the Bible. It's a letter written to a group of people much like us who would profess to be followers of Jesus. And the reason this this morning is important is because it was written to the church. This letter was not written to a group of lost people about what the church should look like if lost people were ever to come to church. It was written, chapter 12, to us about what the church should look like. In other words, hey, you guys have messed it up. When Jesus sets in heaven and he thinks about the church, when he dreamed up the idea of the church, do you think that's what you're living in? I would say no. 
And here in this moment, Paul kind of uses this chapter to refocus this church at Corinth. And he says, guys, you, you've messed this up. And let me just kind of wrap back around to you. This is the idea. And this morning, can I just say to us, we've messed this up. Amen. You are part of that. It's a we thing. It's not a me thing. I didn't mess this up. We messed this up. But I'm also not saying you messed it up. We messed this up. And through this letter, hopefully God can refocus us towards what the church would look like. In, in, in 12, it talks about or starts out talking about diversity and spiritual gifts, and we're not going to dive real heavy into that. But um, in 4, it says now there are all different gifts, and what he's saying is they're all different spiritual gifts. Not everybody has the same one, and that's how it's supposed to be. And even though there are all different um, spiritual gifts, it says, but there's one spirit. What he's talking about here is he's setting the stage of we all have diversity, but we all have a commonality. In other words, not everybody's gift in the church is the same thing. Not everybody's a preacher. Amen, hallelujah. That'd take a really long time, right? But we're all part. We've all been given that gift by the same spirit. Not everybody in the church has been given the ability to talk to people, and that's okay. Not everybody in the church is a counselor, and not everybody in the church is a musician, and not everybody in the church is like a greeter or a parker, and not everybody can do the same thing. It's not all about everybody having the same job. We have diversity, and diversity is the strongest asset of the church. It's, it's the best part about the church. We're not all the same. It'd be boring. But we have a commonality, and that commonality here is we've been given that gift by the same Spirit, and that Spirit is the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that guy a lot the past few weeks. In 5, it says there are different ministries. Oh, man, hallelujah. We need to know that this morning. There are different ministries, and what it's talking about is different ministries inside the church, and there's different ministries outside of the church. Whoa, it's not all about overflow this morning. That's great. Hallelujah, amen. There are other ministries on the planet, which is good. Yeah, there are other ministries down this road, and that's great. But there are also other ministries in this building. Amen. It's not all the same deal. It's not all the same thing. The amazing thing is, is we have enough talent and ability in this building. We could meet every night from Monday to Sunday, and then do it again the next week, and do it again the next week, and do it again the next week. And God would be pleased with that. And we wouldn't have to be jealous of each other. We wouldn't have to worry, oh man, those numbers are bigger than those numbers. We don't have to worry about all that stuff. It's all working together. There are different ministries, amen, hallelujah, but they're all from the same Lord, which is Jesus. All about the same one, all from the same one. And then it says, uh, this is cool, uh, and there are different activities. There are different things to do and different ways of doing it. It ain't all about your way. Amen, hallelujah. There are different activities. That's why there are different churches, because they're all full of different activities. If you don't like the music here, thank God we live in Tennessee, and there are 8 million churches you can go to, but it doesn't mean don't go to church. Amen? And there are different ways and orders of, of, of services, and there are different all kinds of things. There's even different words. There's different buildings. There's all kinds of different activities. Some people maybe have church at Skate Town, and hallelujah, that's great. That's a great ministry right there. I just want you to know. But it says there are different activities. There are different ways of doing things, and maybe, maybe there's not... All of them are not wrong because they're not yours. There are different activities, but here's the cool thing. They're from the same God. From the same God who's active in everyone and everything. We have a diversity, the strongest asset to the church, but we all have commonality. See, we all do things different. Amen. That's great. And we all have different ministries. We all have the ability to do different things, and that's great. And we, we maybe even all meet in different places, which is amazing. There's a diversity there, and that's strong. 
But there's a commonality, and that commonality is it's the same Spirit, the same Jesus, and the same God. And then it says a manifestation of the Spirit's given to each person to produce what is beneficial. And then he starts listing these spiritual gifts, and I'll just read them so you know what they are. But uh, to one is given a message of wisdom, that's the ability to, to interpret and to speak the Scripture. To another, the message of knowledge, that's the ability to recall the Scripture and to know where it is. To another, it's faith. Wow, you didn't know that was a spiritual gift, but man, some of you guys, faith is your greatest asset. You have great faith, and you always believe. Last week, we read about Abraham, who was unwavering in his belief because he believed that God was able to accomplish what he said he was going to do. Man, that is, faith is a spiritual gift. Some of us need people of great faith in our life because we don't have very much. And we need somebody, because we're going to be over here mired down by the storms of life, we need somebody to come in and remind us every once in a while, yeah, God is bigger. Yeah, God is greater. That's a ministry. And we need people that have great faith to speak that into people in the church because there are people in the church who do not have great faith. We got enough, right? We're like, I know that Jesus is the thing and I'm trying to hold on to that, but I don't know that I'm going to make it through tomorrow. I know that I'm going to get to heaven if I don't, but, but I need to know, man, there is something out there. And if that's your gift, you need to use that. That's the thing that God has given you. Some of you have gifts of healing, man. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, and another to perform miracles. Hey, there's another cool one that we never talk about. And then there's prophecy. There's another cool one we never talk about. And then another one is distinguishing between the spirits. Some of you guys are really good at knowing. That's not really from God. That's crazy. I don't, that's, that's not a spiritual thing. That's a spiritual gift, by the way. Um, and it says another of different kinds of languages, speaking about tongues. Hey, guess what? That's a real spiritual gift in the Bible. Just because you're not comfortable with it doesn't mean it's not real. And, and another interpretation of language is the ability to hear that and then to know what in the world those people are talking about because I don't have that gift. Uh, but, but it's a real thing, and that's really part of the church. And it says in 11, but one and the same spirit is active. There's a commonality. There's a diversity, but a commonality. One and the same spirit is active in all these distributing to each one as he wills, not as you will, but as he wills. In other words, I just want you to know, God has given you something right now. You have a gift. If you know Jesus, you have a gift distributed to you by the Spirit. Maybe it's on that list, maybe it's not on that list, but that gift is valid and useful in the church. There are no useless parts in the church. If you are in the church, you are useful if you're willing to be. If you are part of the body of Christ, you have a mission and a purpose. And you may look around and be like, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, I just, I know, I, I feel so bad about my life. I feel so bad about everything. And you're missing out on the gift God has given you because you refuse to use it because you're looking for a greater gift. But God gave you the gift, whatever the gift is. If that gift is I'm the best muffin maker in the world, then you make muffins for the glory of God because that's the gift he's given you. And it's valuable in the church. Amen. And I'm not even to what we're talking about this morning yet. <laughs> and this is what we're going to kind of dig into this morning in verse 12. Paul writes to this church at Corinth, For as the body, he uses an illustration that we would all know, because we all have a body, hopefully, if you're here. It would be kind of weird if you didn't. Um, for as the body is one, in other words, look, at, look in the mirror. You, you are one complete human being you are one body if you have multiple bodies don't tell me about it i'll have to talk i'll have to tell the authorities um for as the body is one and it has many parts and all the parts of that body though many are one body let me read that again did you get that no okay cool let me break it down for you um what he's saying is hey um church let me give you an illustration you can, you can kind of come in on with us this morning. Everybody has one body, right? 
Yes. It's, thank you. Uh, you're still there. Good. Everybody has one body. And if you will take a close look at that body, that body has all kinds of parts. It's amazing. It's not just like, oh, mass of stuff. But it's got parts, right? You have fingers. That's cool. Everybody has some fingers here. Uh, you have hands. Also cool. Those are already different, right? Two different parts. You have arms. It's awesome. You have a torso. You have legs. You have feet. You have toes. And then that's just talking about the, the major parts of your body, right? You have a head, and that head's got ears. It's got eyes. It's got a nose. And then if you just look inside of that, which we're not going to do because that's gross, but if you look inside of that, there's other parts that make up those parts, and then there's parts that make up those parts, and it continues, Right? You can look at your finger and you're like, oh, there's a finger. Well, inside of that finger, it's amazing. You have some muscle and you have some ligaments and you have some bone. You got some uh, blood vessels going through there. There's blood inside the blood vessels, which is cool. There's all kinds of parts, and we're just on the finger, right? And all those things work together to make the finger work, right? And then that finger working with the other fingers, working with the palm, makes the hand. And then all that together is a useful vessel to your body. But it wouldn't be as useful if it was attached directly to your uh, shoulder, would it? So God was like, oh, you're not a T-Rex. You need an arm. So let's put an <laughs> arm on there. And, and he gave you an arm, so now you have some reach. You can reach around, and you can do some things. And, and then that helps the whole rest of the body, doesn't it? Because it would be difficult to eat if you didn't have those. Amen? It would be difficult to fix your hair if you do that, if that's a thing you do. It would be difficult to fix your hair if you didn't have those. It would be difficult to do a lot of things if you didn't have those. And all those things work together to benefit the whole body. And that's the illustration that you use. Hey, you got one body, and that body's made up of all kinds of different parts, but at the end of the day, it's one body. I don't walk around talking about my fingers. It's not a separate entity. I'm not able to pull it off and just kind of sprout its own life and do its own thing. That's not an ability it has. We're one body, and it's made up of different parts, but we're all still at the end of the day, the same body. And then here's where he brings it back, because that's cool and anatomy-like. But he says, so also in Christ. He says, the church is the same way. See, the reality this morning is the church is built of many different members. It's all different parts. You are, if you know Jesus this morning and you've been placed into the church this morning, you are a part of the body. It's one body. The church is a we thing. It's an us thing. It's not a you thing. You can't just sprout off and go do your own life by yourself. You can't go do church by yourself. See, we're meant to function together just like the human body is meant to function together. And here's the amazing part. We are diverse. Amen. We are not all the same. Thank the Lord this morning. We are not all one looking, one acting, one talking, one being, one gifted thing. We are diverse. And that is where the strength of the church comes from. We are all one body, but we're all made up of different parts with different skills and different abilities and different gifts and different talents. But we all serve at the end of the day the same purpose, and that's the body. Man, that's good, and that's just 12. And then he goes back and he says, yeah, we're diverse, but let me get back to this commonality here because we need to know this morning we're not against each other, we are for each other. He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into the body. Here's what he says. You were all baptized the same way, weren't you? You were baptized in whose name? Overflow's name? I got baptized like way back in the day at a church called Three Points. I'm not baptized in the name of Three Points this morning. And I'm not baptized in the way they do things and the way they talk and the way they act. I'm baptized in the name of the Father, right? 
and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not baptized in a preacher's name. I'm not baptized in a deacon's name. I'm not baptized in a church's name or, or, or any other name. I'm baptized under one name, and that name is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you've never been baptized into that name, then you need to do that. He didn't say we all could be if we're comfortable with it. He said we all are, right? It's part of being in the church. That's a sign that says to the world, hey, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. And it's not a sign that you get to pick if you do or not. That's just like saying, oh, I'm going to decide if, I, if I'm okay with sexual immorality. It's still a command, and it's the same level of command. He says, hey, go be baptized. And it says we were all baptized in the same name, and that name is, is, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're all named, baptized under the name of God. And it says into one body, one global church, one global body. And it says whether Jew or Greek. Now, Jew or Greek, I'm, I'm not Jewish and I'm not Greek, so this is, let me just break this down for you for today. A Jewish person would have been the chosen people of God, right? They were the most religious people on the planet. Okay, they were people that today's words we could maybe put around uh, were raised in the church and know how to dress and know how to act and know that, you know, this is not the thing that we do here and this is the thing we do here. A religious person would be what it would mean today for us whether we are a religious person or a Greek. A Greek would have been kind of an ex-pagan follower of multiple gods, wasn't a religious person really in the sense that we're talking about today, doesn't really know God the Father, but maybe knows God the Zeus or God the whatever, you know, one of those lesser, not actual things, rocks that people worshipped. Um, and what he's saying here is, man, we've all been baptized into one body no matter what you used to be. In other words, super religious people who have been born into church and like raised in church and, and know all the stuff, we don't look down on the people that just showed up today. Amen? The people that have never been in here before, the people that have never been around God before, the people on the street, we don't, we don't look down on those people because the reality of it is the only requirement to be in the church is not you got to talk the right way and act the right way and dress the right way. You, you don't have to conform to belong here. You belong here because Jesus said you did. And so it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how you act. It's not part of the requirement for being here today, thank God, because I wouldn't be allowed here because I'm not a very good person. But it says, here's the deal. Um, whether Jew or Greek, man, we were all baptized in the same body. And then it says, whether slave or free. I can't think of two, two more different ideas here. A slave, man, you're subjected to the will of your master. You're not a free person. You are property you don't have the ability to decide you're the lowest to the socioeconomic ladder. You're, 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 you're owned by someone. You're a pet, basically. Or free. Now, free, it could vary. You could be a rich, free person or a poor, free person, but any free person is better than the position of a slave. And it said, you don't look down on each other. We're all the same here. They're not property here. They're not here to serve you. They're not here to meet your needs. They're here because Jesus has placed them in the body, and it's all the same here. How many churches you been to, man, where if you don't dress, you don't belong? Amen? Or you don't talk that way, you don't belong. Or you don't know what to do in this moment, you don't belong. Or, oh man, they talked during the message, you better kick them out. Those kind of things. Or, oh man, they had the wrong shoes on, you better kick them out. How many churches like that you've been into, and it's like, that's not biblical. It's not a healthy idea of the church. It's not a healthy idea what God is born into, and we'll never be a healthy church if that's our idea of what church is. He says, we're all the same here. 
Man, that's amazing to me because I just want you to know, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all beggars, right? There's one rich guy, and we're all beggars, and we're all at the foot of the cross. And it doesn't matter if I got a million dollars in my pocket or no dollars in my pocket. Grace is the same for me. Amen? doesn't matter if I got the best job or the worst job. Grace is the same for me. It doesn't matter if, if I'm covered in, 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 in the world or I, I'm free from the, the images of the world. None of that really matters. At the foot of the cross, we're all the same. And Jesus views us all the same. And in the church, it should be the same way. Oh, yeah, we're diverse in this place. We look different. We act different. We talk different. We dress different. But we're all born into one body. So whether slave or free, and it says, and we were all made to drink of the one spirit. Now, I don't remember a moment in my life where I, like, drank of the spirit of God. So I started thinking about this, and what I was thinking is this is probably imagery here of communion, right? In communion, we take the bread and we eat the bread, right? And the bread represents the body of Christ. That's good, thank you. And then we, we take the cup and it's Welch's grape juice or whatever we use around here. And uh, juicy juice if Caleb buys it. And um, <laughs> uh, it's unreligious, by the way. Um, tell him I said that. He can watch the podcast. And, and we take and we drink that. And what that is is a symbol of this new covenant of the blood of Jesus. And what it's saying here is we've all been washed in the same blood. We've all taken part of the same new covenant. We were all part of the same church. We're all part of the same sacrifice. We're all saved by one Jesus. It doesn't matter what you look like. This is in 14. For the body is not one part but many. He just restates it. It doesn't matter what you're dressed like. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you act like. We're all part of the same body. No matter what your gift is, we're all part of the same body. Don't spend time looking down on other people because they're just going to look right down back on you. There's always somebody farther up the ladder than you. We're all level here. It's one body. We're just different parts. And then he starts talking about in 15 this epidemic of comparison. Let's summarize that for you. What he's talking about in a minute, and we'll go through it and I'll show you, but what he's talking about in just a minute is, is this epidemic of comparison that happens in the church where we start looking at other people and because we look at them and they have a certain job or position or title or whatever, what we view as our job is less important. Like the stage. What, what is a stage? I'll just be honest. I was here when other people built it because I'm not skilled like that. Uh, but there, there are boards in here. It's amazing. Straight from heaven. Boards in here. Um, <laughs> And then there is carpet, also straight from heaven, and staples. Those are from Lowe's. Um, That's the stage. And for some reason in the church, we get this idea that because I'm not on stage, I'm not important. It's boards and carpet from Lowe's. What's, I mean, yeah, I get an extra like six inches. That's because I'm short. I didn't have that at the old building. But there's nothing special or spectacular about here. If you don't believe me, after, let's just line up right here and everybody can take a tour and we'll just walk around. You can sing if you want or you can preach if you want to do that deal, but you can come up here. There's nothing special about this. And just because your job, your gift is not standing on a stage, it doesn't make your job less important. I'll be honest. Man, the most important jobs, and we're, we're going to get there, the most important jobs at this place are the ones you never see. The people that never get recognized, they're the people that make all the stuff happen. I stand up here and talk because that's my spiritual gift, but man, that's not the most important thing that happens here. Amen? 
Walk in a non-friendly church and see. If nobody speaks to you, you're not coming back. It doesn't matter how good the preaching was. Amen? Doesn't matter how good the music was. In, in, in relationship to that, if you hate the preaching and the music, but the people are friendly, you might come back. Amen? I'll be honest, this morning walking in at 845, I was glad to know that somebody made coffee. I just know when I get here, somebody already has coffee. It's a gift from God. Uh, there is coffee back there. And when you're tired, that is an amazing thing. Amen? It's hard to preach and sing if you're tired. Caffeine is a gift from God. <laughs> and that's an important job. Amen? None of those people, you don't even know who they are. None of those people ever stand up here. And I'm thankful for them. There's nothing special about this spot. We're one body with different parts. And this is what he says. 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. I'm going to read that again because really you can laugh at this. This is the analogy that he uses. It's a pretty good one. Uh, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. Let me just tell you a story and get that out there for Paul. So one day, um, there was a foot. And he hated being a foot. It's the worst job ever. You've got to be stuffed in a shoe all day long, and it smells funny, and nobody ever sees you. And when people do, they're like, oh, you're gross. Like, um, he hated being a foot. And one day he looked up at the hand, and he was like, now that guy, he's got it made. He's got it made. Everybody sees hands all the time. Like, hands are always just flopping around. They do stuff, and they're useful. Like, I can't pick stuff up, or at least not well. And I've always got to be stuffed in a shoe. But the hand, man, he's awesome. He could, he could pick up stuff. That's cool. And he's got those, like his fingers, they, they work. Toes don't even do anything cool. But like fingers, they work. He doesn't smell bad. He's not hidden all the time. I want to be a hand. <laughs> Let me be a hand. I've already got two hands. You could have three. <laughs> we don't need three. If we had three, we'd have to put you in a glove and hide you. Like, <laughs> we don't need three hands. <laughs> well, that's not fair. I, I want to be, be a hand. I, I need to be a hand. I deserve to be a hand. I would be a great hand. No, you wouldn't. You'd, you're shaped funny, and your toes are too short. You would not be a good hand. But I, I want to be a hand. I know that I'll be good at it if I try hard enough. I want to be a hand. You can't be a hand. I'm leaving then. I'm never coming back here. I'm never going to be part of this body again. I'm gone. This is horrible. I can't believe you've wronged me in that way. I would be a great hand, and you don't believe in me, and you hurt my feelings, and now I'm gone. And then he went to bed and he woke up the next morning he was still part of the body. That's the story he just told. <laughs> how many times have you heard that in the church? Maybe not by a foot or a hand, but how many times have you heard that in the church? <laughs> if you heard it by a foot and a hand, leave, please. Go get medication. Um, but we've heard that in the church so many times. Oh, man, I just, I, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. And they won't let me. I want to sing, but they won't let me. Maybe you're not good at singing. I want to sing, but they won't let me. Maybe they got singers. I want to. I want to. I want. I want to preach. Well, maybe we don't want to be here for six hours. I want to. That's great. And maybe one day we can do that. But today we're not going to do that. Today we need you to be a foot because right now you're a really good foot. 
Maybe one day, you know, like maybe one day you'll come up here, but right now I need you to be afoot because I'm going to be hopping around not with the ability to do very much if I don't have two feet. It'd be hard to walk around with one foot, wouldn't it? All the time. No crutches, just one foot. Just pogo it all the way down the road. That'd be difficult. Because feet are important. Amen. If you don't say amen right now, I'm going to pray God takes one of your feet away. Amen. Feet are important. Feet are important. And maybe they're not the most like, beautiful part of the body. Some people really like them. They're just okay for me. Maybe they're not the most beautiful part of the body. And maybe they got hair on them, and maybe they smell funny, and maybe they are in a shoe most of the time. But here's the deal. You would have a hard time getting through life if you only had one, wouldn't you? It, I mean, you could probably still do it. I know people that got zero, and they still get through life, but it's harder. Same way in the church. All oh, that job's not important. That job is necessary. It is important. Oh, but I don't get to stand on the glorious wood from heaven in the carpet. Like, great. Great. Do something else. Because there's all kinds of amazing things that you get to do in the body. Because you meet a need and you fit a purpose. Then he tells the same story because he knows some of us doesn't get it. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but I'll just read it. And 16, he says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. Oh, I want to be an eye. You'd be a horrible eye. You can't see anything. You're not made to be an eye. You're made to be an ear. And even if you can't leave the body. See, the reality of it is you can't separate yourself from the body. You can separate yourself from the building. You can't separate yourself from the body. All you can do in that moment is handicap the body that you left. Because of feelings. Really. That's the most important thing in the kingdom of God is your feelings. You're going to handicap an entire group of people that are part of a greater body because your feelings. It's ridiculous when you put it that way, isn't it? God said, I made you for a purpose. Do what I made you for. Amen. Because they need you. That's why you're part of that body. He goes on, 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Wouldn't that be awesome if we could just roll Fred the eyeball up here on stages this morning? <laughs> He's got a great life. He can see really well. Can't eat, can't can't sleep because he doesn't even have an eyelid. He's just an eyeball. Um, you know, he can't smell, he can't hear. But, I mean, he can see really good. Sounds silly, but that's what we try to do because all of us want to be on stage. So the whole body were an eye, man, it'd be useless because where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? We didn't even talk about the nose till right now. He didn't even get a good part in the story. He didn't get to be part of the whole, I don't want to be here thing. He just got the little cliff notes, but he's still in the story, right? And he's still important. Maybe he's just a blurp. Maybe he's a blip. Maybe he never gets recognized, but he's still here because he's still important. In 18, it says, but now, listen to this, people, but now God has placed the parts each one of them in the body just as he wanted. But God placed all the parts in the body. I didn't place all the parts in the body. I didn't place none of the parts in the body. God placed all the parts in the body just as who wanted. 
as he wanted. In other words, we don't get to pick where our part is. God picks where our part is. Here's the cool thing. Sometimes God likes to play a game where he starts you out as a foot, and then he's like, I'm God, I created everything and do whatever I want to, and he moves you maybe up, right? He's like, you can be a kneecap now. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? You were a great kneecap. You're the best kneecap I've ever had. You can be a torso now. You can be the torso. You get to hold it all, man. You get to hold it all together. And God elevates us. But I'll just be honest. I've never seen God plop somebody out as a torso. You always start out as a foot. Because if you're not willing to be a foot, you're never going to be a torso. I want to be on stage. That's great. Grab a broom. Grab a broom. That's where I started. I'll be honest. I started dressing up as a cat, like a lion, at an upward basketball game, running around like a crazy guy because it was fun, I guess. It wasn't, but I went anyway. And I would be a mascot for an upward basketball game, and the costume was too big, so I had to roll it up and put rubber bands around my legs. (laughs) But the kids liked it, so I did it. And then after I got done, um, I would sometimes mop. And then God was like, man, I see that. Nobody else maybe even noticed, right? Because I was a dude in a lion costume. Nobody cares about that. I'll be honest. Nobody cares about that. Um, And then he moved me, and he's like, now you're going to start doing some music. It was horrible. I tried to play keyboard. I make fun of Sade because I like to make fun of Sade, but she's a million times better than I ever was. I was like, plunk. Plunk. <laughs> while singing. It was bad. I did it for two weeks, and then I was like, it's horrible. And then God sent a guitar player, right? And he's like, okay, let's try something else. Because that ain't going to work, but thank you for trying. Not glamorous. It was horrible. You hear people making fun of you, right? It was great. Uh, but I'm going to gift to you now, because you were faithful, and now you got a guitar player, and then he's like, now you're going to lead worship, and then he was like, now, because he moved you from from that, that was bad, he moved you from that, leading worship, and then he was like, okay, now you're going to teach, and I was horrible at teaching, I'll be honest, like, I had already tried it one time with a Sunday school class, and I was just bad, like, I was, I walked out confused, that's not a good thing, Um, and uh, I argued with God, he was like, you're going to teach, and I was like, nope, can't do it, I'm bad at it, I can't do it, and he was like, but that's okay, because I called you to it, you know why, because you started with a broom, because you're willing to be a foot. I moved you. Because God can do that. But God will never move anybody that's not willing to be a foot. Because it's not about you. It's about us. It's about we. And if you can't serve, then you can't serve. Doesn't matter where. And it says, God placed all the parts of the body, each one of them, in the body just as he wanted. You know why? Because you need to learn something as a foot before you can be a knee. And then you need to learn something as a knee before you can be a torso. It's a learning thing. And to complain about the position God has placed you in is to complain about the knowledge of God and what you're equipped for and ready for. And then he restates it. Now there are many parts, yet one body. Three times so far, right? Three times. Man, you're diverse, and that's a good thing. And all that diversity works together. 
All that diversity works in harmony to create, to make, to, to make strong the healthy body of Christ. He says in 21, because sometimes we like to look down on other spots. Maybe it's not always looking up things. Sometimes it's a looking down thing. And he says, so the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. False. The hand can look right back at the eye and say, feed yourself then. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Not one person can do every job in the church. I've been to churches where, they try, where I've seen them try. Those churches always fail. Yes. Because eventually people get tired, Right? That guy does everything. He won't let anybody else do anything. Eventually people get tired of that. Or that guy dies and everybody disperses because nobody knows how to do anything. He says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, because in reality it does. And he says, nor again can the head say to the feet, I don't need you. Try getting somewhere. Roll on down there then, brother. <laughs> the reality of it is, man, the body is created in such a way that all the parts need each other. All the parts are useful, and there is no part that can look down on another part and say, oh, your job's not as cool as my job, because your job won't work without their job. I'm acutely aware of that. I'll be honest. There are some of you guys I'm so thankful for because of what you do for me every week. Like, what I do is is lifted up because of what you do, and I couldn't do it as well. I maybe could do it, but I couldn't do it well. All the parts need all the parts. Bible school this week. It was amazing. I it was, it was probably, uh, yesterday, I've never left Bible school, and the next day thought, man, I miss it. I want to go. Yesterday, I was like, man, I just wish I could go to Bible school. It's weird. I know. I was throwing hay, so probably that was some of it. Um, <laughs> man, I missed it yesterday. I just want you to know, man, I missed the kids, but I also missed seeing so many of you guys just, just serve and do. And none of that would have worked without all those parts. You, you stood up here, and, and I'll just be honest, the kids yelled for everything, right? You'd be like, man, who enjoyed food yesterday? You may not have thought that was a big thing, but to them it was a really big thing. Who enjoyed playing outside yesterday? And they were like, woo, it's crazy. They yelled for everything equally because they get it, man. All of this works together to make this thing. Bible school is not just teaching. If it was, they wouldn't come. Bible school is not just music. If it was, they wouldn't come. It's not just food. If it was, people wouldn't bring them. Probably, well, I mean, they might, but probably wouldn't. Wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't last long because um, they eat fast. Um, crafts, all all those things work together to make it work. It's the same way in the church. All the parts need all the parts. It says, so the eye can't say to the hand, "I don't need you," nor can the head say to the feet, "I don't need you." It says in twenty-two. On the contrary. Actually, all the more those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and necessary, the parts that are not the stage parts are the parts that actually make everything happen. Nobody wants to come sit in a dump, so thank you if you clean. Right? Amen. Nobody wants to sit in here with 14 bags of trash in the back of the room. Thank you if you carry the trash out. Right? Oh, that's not glamorous, and nobody knows who does it, but, man, it is necessary, isn't it? Thank you, whoever flushes the toilet when somebody forgets. Like, that, that's a beautiful job, and we need that. It's an important job in the church. Thank you, whoever stands in the rain when it's monsoon season, apparently, and, 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 and parks cars. I know we're not a mega church, and we don't need people to park cars, but, man, it's nice for somebody to tell you good morning out in the parking lot. 
It's a lot harder to be like, oh, I'm leaving if you, somebody's already spotted you. So that's good, too. <laughs> Thank you for those who greet. Thank you for those who make coffee. Thank you for those who make breakfast. Those are all necessary sound lots. Uh, I'm going to miss somebody, but all that, right? Nobody even knows Nick teaches students every Wednesday night, unless you have a student. You don't know that. But every Wednesday night, there's something for your middle school, high school kids to come to because he comes and he thinks it's important and he does it. And that's a valuable part. Nobody knows it. He never gets any recognition. Brother, I'm thankful for you. Because it's important. Nobody knows if you watch nursery kids and change diapers. Nobody knows that because you don't have to do that because they do that. But thank God somebody does it. And without them, man, we couldn't be effective. So we look at those parts and we're like, oh, I don't know if we really need that. Yeah, we do. All those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. You may feel like nobody sees your job. But God sees your job, and that's the important thing. You may never get a pat on the back. You may never, ever, ever get like a, oh, that's great, or a well done, or a, I love that. But God is looking at that, and he sees that, and what he's thinking is well done. Thank you for grabbing the broom this morning. Thank you for doing that, because it's important to him. That's why he put you there. My, my good job, I get in text messages sometimes during the week. Your good job, you may never get, but there is a good job from heaven when you walk in the gate that's going to be worth it. He may be like, oh, Brad, you got a lot of text messages for me. But, man, I guarantee you he's going to make a big deal about you. Oh, I saw you stood in the rain every week, and, and it sucked. But you loved me, so you were there. Good job. Thank you for being a foot because the church needed one. I put you there because we needed a foot. And man, you were the best foot. You were the best foot. And I'm proud. Nobody else saw it, but man, I'm proud. That's going to be worth more than the holy stage up here. So that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. Listen to this in 26. So if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Now you can look at this and our minds immediately jump to, oh, if one person in the church suffers, we're going to come alongside and we're going to suffer with them. And amen, that's true. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not always good at that. That's what we're supposed to do. But that's also not exactly what it's talking about in the context of this scripture. Let's just go from context, right? It's one body, there are many parts. And what it's saying is, if you don't do your part, the whole body suffers. Oh, my part's not important. You're handicapping us. I don't have time. You're handicapping us. I don't want to. You're handicapping us. I can't. You're handicapping us. Because you can God put you here, and if he put you here, there is time, and there is ability, and there is talent, and maybe your thing nobody ever sees, and maybe it's not like the everybody stand up and clap kind of deal, but I just want you to know, if you don't do it, the whole body suffers. Because a church is not a building or an entity that we come to to get served but it's a group of people that are followers of Christ that we serve in. 
Amen. And Paul's looking at this church at Corinth and he's like, there ain't no time to just come and get and leave. Because if, the, if you're not doing your part, the whole body suffers because of it. But listen to this. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Same context. But man, if there is a really good foot, the whole body can celebrate because that really good foot is helping the whole body. And see, the reality of it is this morning, we need each other. Amen. We weren't placed here because we need preaching. Go to YouTube. You can find good ones on there. We weren't placed, we weren't placed here because we need singing. You can go to YouTube, radio, Caleb, right? We were placed here because we need each other. And I'll be 100% honest. We can do it probably without you, but we shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. Because we were placed here to be part of the body, to be productive members. It's all one body, but many different members. And it says in 27, now you are the body. This is to you. This is the charge. If you know Jesus, this is his words to you this morning. Now you are the body of Christ. Not the body of overflow. It's more serious than that. You're the body of Christ, individual members of it. You are the body of Christ, and you're all individual members of it. With diversity, we all got different abilities and talents and skills and gifts. But unity, we all serve the same purpose, the same goal, the same God. Can I just say this morning, um, kind of to wrap that up in a, in a pretty little bow for us, um, because I, what I didn't want to do this morning is come and, and, and give you some words and then leave you with, that's great, I agree, I feel like I've messed it all up and now I don't know what to do. Um, I just want to leave you this morning with some ways that we can, practical ways that we can do this, we can exercise this in the body. Number one, show up. We need you. I know there's stuff that happens and, and people get sick and there's vacations. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm not going to feel bad about going on vacation. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about going on vacation. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about being sick. But this is not the if I don't have a better opportunity thing to be at. Amen. We need you. God's placed you here. And if you're not here, we're not us. You wouldn't like it if your arm just didn't show up to work for one day, right? It's not coming. Get out of bed. Where'd that thing go, right? You'd miss it. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to subject you to the bondage of a building, but man, I, I love you and I miss you when you're not here and I want you here. And, and, and I believe that other people do too. It's important, not just to me, but to us. Number two is to invest, to be involved. Like, there are places right now that we could use 8,000 more people. We don't have 8,000 more people, but we got you. Be involved. 
And it may not be today the thing that you want to do. Maybe we don't even have the thing that you want to do today, but we, we can get there, amen? But we're only going to get there after you grab a broom. I know that's simplifying it, but it's the truth this morning. I'm not too good to take out the trash. John's seen me do it, right? John does it all the time. Every once in a while, I beat him to it, right? I've, Tony, I think you take out the trash a lot too, so I don't want to leave you out there, brother. But I'm not too good to do that, and I still do it. And if you've ever been to a church where there's a pastor that's too good to do it, don't go back. Because he's not a servant. We're here to serve, not be served. Invest, get involved. Three, I think, probably is the most important. Pray for your church. <coughs> I, know, I know that sounds maybe like simplifying it this morning, but man, I believe heaven moves when we pray. I believe, like, there's so much stuff at our fingertips this morning that if we'd ask for, God would give. We just aren't asking. Pray for your church. Pray for me. Pray for other leaders in the church. Pray for people that maybe you're not leaders from the stage, but, man, leaders from servanthood, at least, in the church. Four, give. Give to your church. If this is not ultimately, like, if you're like, oh, I'm so mad, I hate that, I don't want to be involved, go give wherever you go tomorrow, right? Give to your church. You know why? Because money is ministry. Not because we need to pay the light bill, which we do. Not because we need to pay the rent, which we do. But because there should never be a church that has people that has to worry about the light bill and the rent because we have bigger worries. Amen? I have no idea what we spent on Bible school, but I guarantee you we blew it out. I know what we spent on Good Friday is probably five, $6,000. I'm probably lowballing that. Money is ministry, and we cannot do it if we don't have it. And I'll be honest, churches that don't have it, what they end up doing is chasing the, I'm trying to put a nice word on this. Uh, I, I want to say butthurt, but I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> they end up chasing people that have their feelings hurt that really just don't want to be there anyway. Looking for a reason to leave. Because they need $5 to pay the light bill. And not seeking the lost. And that's handicapping the church. Shut the doors if you quit seeking the lost because not, we're not doing anything. And invite people. Amen. If you want to be here, you should be proud of what's going on here. You should be investing here. You should be investing in the kingdom. And what the church has always been about is growing the kingdom. Right? So if you want to be part of it, man, part of that is... Man, I believe in it, and I want other people to come and be part. Because here's the truth. What God has called us to, we can't do with the amount of people sitting in this room right now. Now, I've heard comments, even last week, somebody came to Bible school, and they're like, I can't believe what you guys do with the amount of people that you have. It's phenomenal. It really is. I was so proud after Good Friday. I was like, man, I can't believe we pulled something like that off with how many people we have. And we've already set the goal bigger next year. We need more people because we need more parts. Amen? Amen? We don't need like one finger. We need 10. 11 would even be fine. <laughs> and we need more people that don't know Jesus to come into that. The goal is not to win more church members. I hope you know that. We're not trying to create a better church than the church down the road to get their people here. We're trying to get the people that, man, they're headed towards hell. And Jesus has made a way they don't have to. 
That's the target audience this morning. But I want you to know when this church was birthed, there was the idea that God placed in me and in us, I believe, that was, man, we're not going to minister to 10, 20 people or 100 people or even hundreds of people, but thousands of people. And I don't believe that stops and or ends in Knoxville. And we can't do it without you. And we can't do it without them. We need more teachers, we need more singers, we need more musicians, we need, we, we need more people that are willing to go over there and to teach our little ones. Man, that's a beautiful thing. Don't ever think that's not worth it because I just saw this week 50 kids who know it's worth it and one of those gave their life to Jesus. It's worth it. When you think it's not getting through, I sit here and listen to them talk the whole lesson. When you think it's not getting through, it's getting through. It's worth it. Amen? We need more light people and sound people. We need more trash people. We need more coffee people. We need more parking people. We need more greeters. We need stuff that I can't even mention right now because God is about to do a thing here. And a healthy view of the church is, man, all hands on deck. Everybody's on board. I'm doing the thing. We should have something going from Monday to Sunday because we have the ability and the talent in this building to do it. Amen? But for that to happen, we got to step up and we got to be the body that God has called us to be. We are many parts. There's a diversity and it's beautiful in this place, but there's a unity and that's one goal, one mission, and his name is Jesus. And there's a world full of people that need him. Let's pray.